everyone. Welcome to this special bonus episode of the VectorCast, a podcast about classic arcade vector games. I'm Michael Zenner, coming to you from Portland, Oregon. As I said, this is a special bonus episode, which means it's not a regular episode, so it gets a special number. And those of you who are really good at math might notice that we actually have not yet published episode one. So technically, the only thing we've pushed so far is episode zero, so we've already got special bonus content. So, I mean, how great is that? So yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, This episode is not going to get its own unique whole number, so it is going to be episode 0.1. And the name of this episode is, What Is That?, And the reason for this uh, episode is that when I first uh, started to tell people that I was going to do a podcast about vector games, broadly speaking, I got two different reactions. One was, oh, that's cool. That's going to be awesome, which was mostly people I know who already know about vector games and are kind of already into the arcade scene. They know what vector games are all about. And then there was the other class of answer, which was pretty much along the lines of, wow, that sounds really cool. And... uh, what exactly is a vector game? So I figured that before we get into the uh, real meat of the uh, of what the podcast is going to be about, which is of course the history of vector games and a review of all the vector games that have been released for the arcade. Before we even get started into that, it sounds like it's going to be a good idea to go back and cover some of the very fundamental basics and explain just what it is I'm talking about when I say vector games. Okay, so at this point, If you are one of those experienced arcade nerds, I don't blame you at all if you want to skip this episode. Now, I am going to try and talk a bit about the history of vector displays, and I think that's interesting, but really this uh, episode primarily is going to be about the differences between vector, or they're also called XY displays, and traditional raster scan displays. And if you already know about these differences, there might not be that much here for you that's going to be new. And if you want to skip this one and pick up again when we start talking about the actual game, then no hard feelings. We'll see you then. Okay, I guess all those folks are gone now, so now it's just you and me, so let's get going. Okay, so the question is, what is a vector game? Well, the most basic definition is that a vector game is an arcade video game that uses a vector display instead of a traditional raster scan display. Okay, great. So what's a vector display, and for that matter, what's a raster display? First, let's talk about raster displays. Um, If you've ever watched a movie on TV or a TV show on TV, or really if you've ever watched video, that is what's called a raster display. And a raster display uh, shows a series of full screen images in quick succession, which gives the illusion of a moving image. On an analog system like an old CRT TV, the image is actually drawn a line at a time. There are horizontal lines going from one side to the other, and they go from top to bottom. So about 30 times a second, the display shows a whole screen full of horizontal lines, and the lines change color and intensity as they make their way across, which is how it forms the image. But it is those lines going from top to bottom that form a single still image. The screen then goes blank again, and again, an entire screen full of horizontal lines are drawn. This happens so fast that it looks just like a moving image. And it's the same principle as uh, you know, a projected film. So if you've ever seen a movie in a movie theater, or you know, and you may have to go back a ways to make sure you're actually looking at light projected through celluloid, but it's the, it's the idea. You get a certain number of frames per second. But the key thing about a raster display is that they use the entire screen. If part of the image on the screen is intended to be black, it still gets drawn or printed or projected or whatever. It just gets drawn or printed or projected in black. 
Now, because the images on a raster display are essentially made up of a matrix of dots or pixels, there's a couple artifacts that occur. Uh, one is any kind of diagonal line isn't going to appear to be perfectly straight and continuous. There's going to be a, what's called a stair-stepping pattern, and this is actually called aliasing if you want to get technical. And that can be minimized by increasing the resolution of the display, but it will never completely disappear. And uh, there's, there's other ways. There's you know anti-aliasing techniques which use color bleed to uh, uh, minimize that stair-stepping effect, but it never completely goes away. There's also an effect called pixelation, where parts of a bitmap image start to look kind of square and blocky. And you can see this if you ever zoom way into a digital image, or if you've ever played an 8-bit video game, which I hope some of you have. You've seen this effect pretty clearly, where you know things look kind of blocky, and that's called pixelation. Now, I have been talking about old analog systems, and current video pretty much works the same way. It's transmitted and processed a bit differently, but the principle is the same. It's a rapidly changing series of full screen still images made up of a matrix of dots. So that's what a raster display is. Now, vector displays, again, also called XY displays, on the other hand, work significantly differently. Rather than displaying an entire full screen image, vector displays only draw what they need and the rest of the screen remains unused. It doesn't start at the top, it doesn't draw a whole screen full of horizontal lines, it just draws the image on the screen. And if you've ever seen a laser light show, I know when I was a kid around here that was a, that was a big thing, they showed those in a planetarium. And uh, still sometimes you'll see laser light shows where, um, you know, outdoors where a laser will be projected on, uh, uh, literally on a smoke screen or some sort of, something that hangs in the air and uh, gives a little bit of reflectivity. But if you've ever seen one of those shows, it's a similar idea. The beam moves around and it draws the images that it wants to use, but doesn't light up or energize any other part of the, uh, of the display or whatever the um, image is being projected on. Same thing in a vector monitor. There's an electron gun in the back of the picture tube and it just draws the image on the screen that it needs to use to get its point across. So imagine if the if the display is just a it, you're just going to draw a square in the middle of the screen. So that electron gun on the vector monitor is just drawing the lines that make up the square. On a raster display it's going to have to make an entire screen of black using those horizontal lines or that dot matrix and then it's going to have some of those dots are going to be, are going to have different colors and that's going to represent the lines of the image whereas again the vector display is just taking that electron gun and drawing that square on the screen or it doesn't have to be a square it's whatever the image is going to be now this means a few different things with the, those two different approaches to uh, presenting images one is that on a vector display the lines can be really bright compared to the area of the screen right next to them. And this happens for a couple of reasons. One is the area right next to where the image is on the screen of a vector display is not energized. It is pretty much in the same state that the display would be in if it was just plain turned off. That, that phosphor is not being energized by electrons, it's just off. So there's a very high contrast between the section of phosphor that is part of the image and is being illuminated versus the part of the image that is not, or part of the screen that is not part of the image. Also, since both raster and vector displays have to uh, refresh to give it what's called the persistence of vision, to give the illusion that uh, an image is persistent or that it's moving, they do have to refresh whatever it is they're drawing 
usually about 30 times a second or so. Now, since a raster display has to do has to display the entire screen 30 times a second, it's got a lot more work to do than the vector display, which only has to energize the parts of the screen that are used in the image. So it can actually go quite a bit slower, the vector display can, compared to what the raster display has to do, which means that it can, it can leave that light beam engaged for a lot longer, and that's give a much brighter image display than a raster display can. The effect is that vector displays have a very distinct glow effect to them, which in my personal opinion has yet to be effectively duplicated or emulated on any other type of display. Every once in a while someone will claim that they've got some sort of system to make an LCD screen or some other non-vector display look just like a, a vector display, and to my mind it just hasn't been done yet. It's never looked right to me. Now the next thing that is most noticeable, and it's really a cool difference between vector displays and raster displays, is that a vector display can draw a straight line between any two points on the screen. Now remember the raster display has those aliasing and pixelating uh, effects. Um, you know, we get that stair step whenever you try and draw a diagonal line. Now a vector monitor, on the other hand, doesn't create an image out of a matrix of pixels. It is just moving a, an electron gun between two points on a screen. So it can draw really remarkably straight lines. Now, they're not mathematically straight. The construction of the picture tube does necessitate that there's going to be a little bit of grain. And this is especially true with color vectors, where I don't want to get too technical, but they are using a standard CRT shadow mask, which does mean there is a little bit of texture to it. Uh, but the black and white vector monitors can draw really, really clean, smooth lines. And again, that's something that just, it, to me, it is a noticeable difference between vector and raster displays. One other difference, and some people may call this a, um, they may actually count this against vector displays. I personally don't. But vector displays, generally speaking, tend to have trouble with shading and solid objects. So for the most part, Vector displays are used to draw outlines of things, not solid objects. Raster displays, quite frankly, are a lot better at putting shading and color and things like that onto a solid, uh, solid object. But generally speaking, vector games, and again, there are some exceptions, and we'll be exploring those in due course, uh, but vector games generally involve uh, shapes that are hollow outlines. So to sum up, vector displays are different from raster displays in a number of significant technical ways but I think what's more important is that they just look different. The overall look and feel of a vector game is a series of brightly glowing, smoothly drawn, smoothly moving, hollow outline shapes placed against a deep black background. So how did this technology come about and why don't we see these displays really anymore? And uh, I'm sorry to say it is an old and familiar story in the 1960s and early 70s, high-resolution raster displays were breathtakingly expensive. It was just like, like almost any technology. It's got its part of its life cycle where it's rare and expensive and hard to build. Vector displays, on the other hand, were fundamentally simpler devices, and they could be built and sold at a significantly lower cost, but still provided a high-resolution, high-contrast display. And there were quite a few areas where vector display technology showed up and, uh, and really uh, uh, showed its strengths. By the 1970s, vector displays were being used for heads-up displays in military aircraft. And again, this is where the nature of a vector display really shined. 
Uh, a heads-up display, you need a really bright display that can be seen in full sunlight. So a vector display was a natural choice. And also, uh, no surprise, when you're competing against really high-resolution raster displays, things like graphics workstations being used for architecture, graphic design, computer-aided design, that kind of thing. Noteworthy, or of note, I should say, uh, was the GT40, which was a monochrome graphics workstation built by Digital Equipment Corporation, also called DEC, which was a major uh, supplier of um, mainframe and mini computers when those were, when those were things. Anyway, so DEC made this workstation called the GT40, which is a vector graphics workstation uh, that is most interesting for our discussion because it shipped with a game called Moonlander, which went on to inspire Atari's first vector-based arcade game, Lunar Lander. And that'll be the subject of the first episode of our season on Atari games. And hopefully by the time you're hearing that, that episode should be out. And if not, I promise it'll be out very shortly. In 1982, there was a remarkable home game console released called the Vectrex, which was a cartridge-based console that used a 9-inch black-and-white vector display. And right now, there aren't plans to spend a lot of time on the Vectorcast talking specifically about the Vectrex because, frankly, it is a big subject. But plans are subject to change, and frankly, it's going to be really hard to see how we can talk about the history of Vector arcade games without at least mentioning the Vectrex on a number of occasions. So stay tuned. We are going to be, by necessity, talking about the Vectrex as we move forward. So by the mid-80s or so, the same forces that started the Vector era conspired to end it. High-resolution raster displays got cheaper. Now, the military continued to use vector displays into the 90s, but by that time, most of the other major users of vector displays had started at least to move on to the now much more powerful and less expensive CRT-based raster displays, which themselves were, of course, eventually replaced by flat-screen technology, so plasma and LCD screens. Now, vector games largely exist in retro arcades, and in the basements and garages of arcade game collectors. Now, does that mean that the entire history of vector arcade games has already been written? Dear listener, never say never and stay tuned to the vector cast because it turns out the answer is actually no. And we'll be talking about that in due course. Now, how's that for a tease? And that's what I have for you today on this special episode of the VectorCast. If you stayed with me this long, I sure hope you've learned something interesting or at the very least had an enjoyable time because I know I sure did. You can check in on our website at VectorCastPodcast.com. You can visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com VectorCast. And you can visit us on Instagram at Instagram.com VectorCastPodcast. As always, thank you very much for having joined us today. Hope you have a great day. Go play some Vector games.